0: And welcome to the first official episode of the College Tribe, College Football Betting Podcast on Cooper Sports. I'm Matt Lassere here with Wyatt. Um, since it's the first time, or the first official one, we're just going to introduce ourselves, give you some background. Like I said, I'm Matt Lassare. Uh, I am a huge Florida State fan. I am currently a student for another two weeks or something like that. Um, and if I bet on the Knowles, I probably wouldn't take that advice because I'm always going with Knowles Spread or Knowles money line, one of the two. Uh, Yeah, Wyatt, what about you?
1: Yeah, so I've been in the betting world a little bit, kind of have a little uh, following on social medias as known as worst bets. So that's how you know what my betting advice is. Um, I'm currently uh, living in Washington, D.C., but I am from Michigan. So I'm a huge Michigan sports fan. As you can see with all my attire, it's a great time to be a Wolverine. Um, But yeah, it's it's good to be on here. Good to talk college football. We're winding down the season. So um, yeah, let's get into it.
0: Yeah, so before we get into the rankings that just came out, uh, for full disclosure, we're recording this Tuesday. It's about 7.45 p.m., so the rankings just came out less than a half hour ago, half hour ago. Um, Before we get into those, we're just going to recap some of the games that got us there. Not many games to recap this week, just because a lot of teams uh, do a little tune-up game or an FCS game, group of five, whatever, before they get to their rivals. Uh, So a lot of beatdowns this week. But the best game that was probably on was... Uh to me it was USC UCLA, uh where USC just took control and they finally, for the first time, kind of nationally showed case themselves as a good team. Uh we haven't seen that much this year. And now people are talking and how they could they have a clear path to the playoff. Uh what'd you think there, Wyatt?
1: Yeah, you know, I was waiting waiting for this game. Um, you know, USC had that close loss to Utah, um, and they still, you know, weak 11 last week they are they had yet to have a uh, win over a ranked opponent so I was kind of waiting for this game just to see how they would do um I obviously watched them against Utah you know they lost by one point whatever that happens in college football it happened. it's not that big of a deal to lose by one but um they're resilient they you know they won 48 45 and you know Williams I believe threw for 470 yards and we'll get into Heisman talk a little bit, but he just became the front runner runner out of nowhere. So if you place that future back when he was, you know, plus a, a thousand or whatever to win the Heisman, you're probably feeling pretty lucky, but you know, USC put them themselves in a great spot and a, a big win at UCLA. So um, they set themselves up nicely for this big week against uh, Notre Dame.
0: Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, if they win that game, they kind of, I think they control their own destiny at this point. Uh, again, they're ranked at six right now, behind LSU, um, and uh, I mean Georgia, LSU will have to face off, and o- Ohio State, Michigan have to face off. So right now, they're looking pretty if they win out. Um, my other games I had were TCU, Baylor, and Tennessee, South Carolina. TCU kind of did struggle with Baylor, only winning by one on that last second field goal. It kind of worries me a little bit when it comes to the uh, Big 12 championship game because they're gonna have to play a team they already played, and it's hard to beat a team twice in college football one year. Uh, This isn't the NFL; it's just it's different. Hard to win; it's hard to win twice in both, but I think it's even harder in college. You're looking at probably you think it's Kansas State or Texas. Uh, I think if they get Texas, you're looking a lot better, but Kansas State, I don't know if they can win that game because again, all they come from behinds. They haven't really. Texas is the only game where they've really had the control of the game the full time. What do you think there?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm still waiting for TCU to fall off. You know, I still can't believe that they're 11-0 right now. I don't know how many weeks in a row they've squeaked by. They, you know, ran a run play with 17 seconds left in the game. I have no idea the thought process of of that, but then quickly ran out their field goal team, kicked the field goal as time expired to, you know, Todd Baylor. But um, I'll get into it later with this TCU team. Yes, they're eleven and zero. Um, but I'll get into it in a little bit. I don't think they're going to be here at the end of the year. There's just too much on their plate. Obviously, next week's not going to be that big of a deal. But when they start playing in that Big Twelve, or big 12 championship game, whether it is K State or Texas, I just think they they can't keep doing this. You know, sooner or later it's going to catch them in the butt, and they will they will fall a game. And as soon as they do that, they're just going to be out. Um, but yeah, as a Michigan fan, I really need them to lose just to give me a little <laughs> bit of leeway and I keep waiting for it and they keep screwing me every single week. It's
0: unbelievable. Hey, but the, uh, the Baylor spread did hit. You got yeah, that, plus, that one plus two that and a half. I know down. that weird
1: line Vegas knows. I don't know. I don't know.
0: So obviously then the big upset of the week was South Carolina over Tennessee. Um, I kind of liked, I liked South Carolina. I like the atmosphere. I like sandstorm and all that. So I was kind of happy when they won. It just kind of sucks that Hendon Hooker's out. It probably ruins his Heisman chances, even though I thought he was a front runner up until uh, this week. Um, South Carolina looked really good. They could even give Clemson a run for their money uh, this week.
1: Yeah, you know, I hate seeing a Heisman candidate go down. Um, Michigan, you know, we had that scare with Blake Corum. It's still undisclosed what actually happened to his knee and if he's going to be good to go. But it is confirmed that Hendon Hooker tore his ACL. Extremely unfortunate. You know, he had a great year. He almost solely got Tennessee to where they are. So it's just heartbreaking to see him, you know, get injured this late in the season. But, you know, hats off to, to South Carolina. Um, they looked really good, you know, putting up 63 points. I think that was the first since like 1970 against Tennessee. Um, but, yeah, really good win. Bad for Tennessee. You know, they they fell to, I believe, their 10th now. Yep. Completely out of contention. Um was really shocked that that was going to happen is that going through all all of our lists last week, this was not something that any of us predicted. And now, you know, it opens up the field for a USC or for a Clemson or for a, you know, an LSU possibility. So um, opens up the field quite a bit. Um, I'll add one more thing of the recap. Um, You know, those top four teams, you know, Michigan, Ohio state, Georgia, and TCU, all won last week by combined 26 points. Which is the lowest by 20 total points in um the playoff history. Yeah. So it's un- unreal that all these undefeated teams squeak by. You know, Georgia won 16 to 6, Michigan won 19-17, Ohio State won 43 to 30, which actually should have been 36-30. They got a pick six as time expired. Mm-hmm. And then TCU wins by one. So it was, it was uh, you know, they all got the win, but it was, you know, as a Michigan fan, I was sweating that whole game. I'm sure <laughs> Georgia fans, Ohio State fans, TCU fans were doing the same exact thing. So um, as, as boring of a weekend it was in regards to matchups, it was pretty
0: exciting in regards to just close games on those undefeated teams. And the good part about that is maybe this year in the semifinals, we won't have blowouts, right? I feel right. like every year in the semifinals, it's whatever SEC team's playing just blows the other other team out. Uh, maybe that's a sign this year we finally won't have that. We'll finally have close games, um, which is very, very possible, no matter what. Uh, but now that we've kind of recapped everything, we'll go into the rankings. Um, Obviously, the top four stayed the same. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, and then LSU moved up to five after that Tennessee loss. USC at six, um, Bama seven, Clemson eight, Oregon nine. Uh, in my opinion, everyone has a chance up until Clemson. Bama... I'm kind of, I don't think Bama will get in. I think Clemson has a better chance than Bama, which is funny because last week when we were talking, I said Clemson probably had no chance, but that's what this Tennessee loss does is it opens up so much because if you have, if USC falls off, LSU loses, which is pretty likely uh, to Georgia and you have Clemson sitting there as a one loss conference champion, it's kind of hard to not put them above Bama, right? In my opinion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, you know, I, I have my list of eligible teams and it is that top seven that you just said. Um, I have Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, LSU, USC, and Clemson. And, you know, on that college football, you know, the, the play or the ranking show that just happened 50 minutes ago, everyone, all those four analysts were saying that Bama is completely out of it. I think Bama, if there's a couple losses, they can come back in contention for that number four spot and something that we did not ever see at all yeah. this year happening. But with just a couple losses and a couple more losses, if a TCU and LSU and USC loses, you know, then it comes yeah. really interesting to see what they're going to do for that four spot, whether it's Bama, Clemson or that Michigan, Ohio State loser. So uh, I, I, there's a, it's a small chance, but um, yeah, Bama's back in talks, which kind of sucks to say, but it's true.
0: Yeah, they are again. I think they're still more on the outside looking in, but the, how much is their combined losses by two points, two or three points to two you know, really good teams? I mean, like you said it earlier with USC's loss to Utah, it's a one point loss. It's not that bad. And right. it's also, we're talking about Alabama here. You can't tell me the community doesn't love Alabama, that they don't love the SEC. It's just, it's they probably, out of those teams that'll be uh, competing for that four spot in all chaos scenario now they'll have the best strength of schedule by far. For sure. So, I mean, and we've seen throughout these rankings that the committee really takes that into account. That's probably the only reason why they're one above Clemson right now. Um, Yeah, I mean, the scenarios are, they're getting crazier, but not as many in my opinion now. It's kind of getting, there's a lot more clear paths.
1: Besides the Michigan, Michigan or Michigan Ohio State game this weekend, nothing's going to be too crazy. I, I don't imagine any of these schools losing. Hopefully TCU does, but we'll, you know we'll see. Um, you know USC has their hands full. of Notre Dame, Clemson has just became a really interesting game with this U.S. or the South Carolina team. To see if they're actually going to, you know, maybe it was just a fluke or maybe they're actually decent. So that'll be an interesting game. But besides those couple, I really don't see a whole lot of you know crazy things yeah. happening. Um, but it. You know, it, it'll more come to play when it comes to conference championship week when in two weeks where we actually see the biggest you know, scenarios of what's actually going to happen. Because if one of these conference championship teams loses, like say, you know, Clemson loses the ACC, USC loses the Pac-12, LSU beats Georgia, then, you know, we're getting into chaos. But yeah. I think we still have one more week until all hell actually breaks loose.
0: Yeah, so um, just because you said it, we can go into conference championship games. I kind of made my predictions of who's it's, who it's going to be. Um, I just wasn't sure who won the other side of the Big Ten, other than it was Iowa. So
1: it's currently right now Iowa and Purdue are tied. Um, okay. They have not played each other this week, but Iowa does hold the tiebreaker. So okay. if if both teams win, and they're they're playing no one, I think Iowa's playing Nebraska and Purdue, I believe is playing uh indiana so they both should win which would mean somehow i don't know how Iowa's making it back to the conference championship <laughs> after scoring nine points a game but yeah it's looking like Iowa's gonna be on the other side of the big 10 i mean it
0: doesn't really matter to be honest ohio state or michigan will probably be either of them like it's the big 10 just that side of the big 10 is just absolutely dog shit in my opinion but uh i don't think many people disagree with that For Big 12, though, my most interesting one was Big 12. I had Kansas State making it and playing TCU, obviously. And I think Kansas State would win that game just because, I mean, what – I know they were beating TCU at one point when they were playing, probably by 30. There's no way they haven't learned from that already and pushing on the pedal. I mean, then they came back and beat Oklahoma State by, like, 40. So, I just think – I think Kansas State will come out as your Big 12 champion, and that's your TCU loss. TCU plays Iowa State this week. That should be pretty easy. They're not good this year. Um Matt Campbell's having his down year I just don't I I don't think TC wins the big 12 and I think a lot of people are starting to think that too especially like we already said how they struggled with Baylor um my other big game the other ones like ACC Clemson should beat North Carolina um SEC UGA should win I do think right now the line for that is plus 15 LSU I probably would take LSU to cover there just because it's an SEC championship game LSU's been good you never know what's going to happen. But the closest game would probably be Oregon-USC in the Pac-12 championship.
1: Right, right. Yeah, Oregon currently is in a one-loss spot. Washington's right behind them in two losses. If Oregon does lose to Oregon State, I believe Oregon still – oh, sorry, and Utah's in there. So, yep. Oregon has one loss. Washington and Utah both have two losses. I believe Oregon holds the tiebreaker against both of those. Yeah. So I don't know why Oregon's not automatically in it yet, but – I guess maybe if USC loses. But yeah, it should it should be USC Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. And I honestly would love, I think Oregon wins that game by that's what
0: I like, I, I wrote down USC, but I think Oregon could easily win that. Like that's a toss-up for me, complete toss-up. I honestly I have no clue. I would have to look more into it. But I just did USC off the eye test from this past week, personally. But Oregon could definitely win that game. And then we're looking at more. Then we look at the scenario we said before where Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan loser, or uh, where was the other one there? Or like a or something right. like that, right? And, I mean, I don't think we're too far-fetched from having an Oregon Pac-12 championship. They're a good team. Who are their losses to? They lost to Georgia at the beginning of the year. Who cares about that? Beginning right. of the year is you're learning. Um, and what was the other one again? They had a big upset. They Washington. Had
1: one last week. I completely yeah, do who it was.
0: Should have been Washington, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They lost to Washington
1: at Washington. So. Yeah. Or out. Yeah. So so Washington does hold a tiebreaker over Oregon. That makes sense. So okay. that's why Oregon isn't automatically in. Because if Oregon loses and Washington wins and Washington goes in. But I believe Oregon does hold the tiebreaker over Utah because of yeah. win last week and
0: oregon Oregon state's still a good team they just got in the rankings today i don't know what they're ranked but i know 23 Yep, 23 yep they just got in the rankings like they've been a sneaky good team they could just play spoiler here um i don't know much about them because obviously i mean who does know anything about oregon state i don't think they have your mascot's a beaver (laughs) no no no. so i mean they're a good team i'd be surprised if they lost but I mean, I have all trust in Bo Nix. I love Bo Nix this year. He's been doing great. He brought Chick-fil-A to Eugene, Oregon with a truck. So um, let's get into some other games here. We'll get right into the big one, and you'll, you'll be able to talk a lot about this. Michigan versus Ohio State. The biggest thing for me here is, is if quorum's playing or not. Uh, I mean, cold weather, you're going to have to rely a lot more on the run, which should help in Michigan's favor if quorum's in.
1: Right, yeah. The line right now is sitting at 7.5, I don't and I know, you know, Michigan usually gets in trouble for not disclosing their injuries and I think they have to be more transparent now just because of betting wise, which sounds terrible, yeah. but I think it's actually like a rule you have to disclose like your actual your guys who are yeah. playing like I believe it's on Wednesday or Thursday. Um so it should be interesting what Corum's status is going to be. Obviously, if Cor- Corum is out, you know, Michigan in that second half last week without Corum looked absolutely miserable. You know, besides a run game that which is they have which is great. They don't have quorum. They don't have Edwards, who is their second stringer, who was also out last week. They're in a world of hurt. And I love Ohio State in that matchup. However, if quorum's playing, it's a complete game changer. Yep. If quorum's in, I think Michigan State wins this pretty easy, very similar to last year. I know this is kind of a hot take, but Michigan, you know, their run game is debatably better than last year. And Ohio State looks a lot more um, beatable than they did last year. Oh, last year, Ohio State was on top of the world with all those wide receivers, it didn't look like they could get stopped and Michigan ends up winning by whatever it was, 15 points. So I think if with a healthy quorum, I think Michigan takes
0: this game by 10 points. I have to agree with you again. Like I said, it's just in cold weather games, at least this is my opinion, being living in the South. It's uh you got to rely on the run. If you don't have quorum there, it's a complete game changer both ways. Like if quorum's not there, Ohio state's probably winning by 10 to 20. If quorum's there, Michigan's yeah. winning by 10 to 20. And and like we said, too, if Quorum plays, that's a big Heisman implication game because if Stroud can't throw the ball because it's cold or anything like that and Quorum's out, just give Caleb Williams the Heisman now, in my right. opinion. It, uh, but, yeah, I completely agree with you there. We'll move to one that, a game we didn't, we probably won't talk about for too long, but a game we didn't think would have um, New Year's Six Bowl implications after Tulane played UCF, but since UCF lost to Navy this weekend – Tulane Cincinnati actually can mean a lot for who gets that group of five spot. Um, right now, Cincinnati is actually minus two, I believe, which is kind of surprising. I like Tulane. They beat the shit out of uh SMU last week. Um, I, don't, I don't know much about either team, their American conference, but what do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to lean Cincy in this one. Um, just, just since he's, you know, history in the last couple years, years um, with, you know, they have a great coach and I just think their experience and their players and their like, I just think they're, they're just a better team than Tulane. Tulane's had a great year. Hats off to them. They've came out of nowhere. I believe they had like two or three wins last year. So the fact that they're nine and two right now is unbelievable. And they have a lot of momentum, which is really hard to bet against, but I'm just going to have to take my experience and, and Cincy honestly just has the better players. Yeah, So
0: I'm going to have to lean Cincy in this one. I don't. Again, I'm, I have no reason for picking Tulane. I just bet against them last week and got absolutely demolished. So, uh, I mean, it's ha- I've done it with TCU multiple times, but I guess I'm trying to change my uh, have a change of heart in doing that sometimes. <laughs> um, other one, this one's not that big, but it has uh, implications for the Big Twelve Championship: Kansas versus Kansas State. Kansas State is currently an eleven and a half point favorite. Kansas has not been the same since their quarterback went down against, I believe, TCU when they were undefeated. Um, they are both eligible though. So, I mean, everyone there is happy because that just doesn't happen up there in Lawrence. Um, I don't see any way Kansas state loses this game. Now it's a rivalry game. So I would pick, uh, K- KU to cover. Uh, but other than that, there's, I just don't see a way Kansas state loses this game.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. There's no way they lose this game with everything on the line with a shot at the Big 12 championship. There's no way they lose. But 11 and a half point favorite against a huge rivalry is almost that never usually happens. So I am going to go with you and then go Kansas um, plus
0: 11 and a half in that game. It's just too many points. And then back over to an uh, ACC SEC rivalry, South Carolina versus Clemson. We touched on it a little bit already. Um And Clemson right now, the line is 14 and a half in favor of them. I mean, South Carolina looks good. This game's also in Death Valley, which is a very hard place to play. I'm going to take South Carolina plus 14 and a half. I think Clemson will win, but I have a feeling it'll be close. I would not be surprised, though, if Clemson blows them out just because South Carolina's sitting there at an emotional hangover after the Tennessee game. But Spencer Radler just looked, he looked amazing last week. So it's hard to bet against it.
1: Yeah, if you told me this line, this was this line in this game before the tennessee game i would have taken clemson any single day of the week but after their that performance in tennessee it just you know it's 14 and a half points is a lot after a team that just beat this put 63 points up against a fifth ranked team in the country so as much as i don't really like rattler as much as i don't like south carolina i'm hoping they win i'm hoping they at least cover and i like um south carolina minus 14
0: and a half or plus 14 and a half in that game there. Um, this is an interesting one. The Iron Bowl, obviously, Alabama's going to win it, but will they cover the 22? That's the question. That's my. I don't. I think I'm looking more on that rather than if they actually win the game. It's in Tuscaloosa. Auburn's looked like shit. They don't have a real coach right now. I mean, they have looked better ever since they fired Haskins, but you think they can cover the 22?
1: So here's my whole thought process. And again, we've talked on it the last couple of weeks. I've got Strewed on Alabama spread three weeks in a row now. I've gotten them against, or three of the last times I bet them. I bet them against Tennessee spread. I bet them LSU spread. And I bet them Ole Miss spread. All three lost horribly. They actually beat Ole Miss, but they won by five. The spread was, you know, 12 and a half. Um, 22. Auburn's, again, Auburn is dog shit. They're terrible. I don't, they have no coach. The players don't want to be there anymore, but it is the Iron Bowl. As much as they want to hate their coach and hate their program, they hate Alabama more. And it's going to be a – you know, the Iron Bowl, watching that – you know, the kick six in 2013, the greatest play, I think, in the history of college football. Um, it's tough to take Alabama with that many points. But I'm going to live and die by Bama. I have to end the season off strong. <laughs> I can't go 0-4 on Alabama spreads. So I'm going to take Alabama minus 22.
0: I kind of agree with you there. I just think the difference for me is if it was at Auburn, I would take Auburn plus 22. All day. But the, since it's in Tuscaloosa, there's. I think it's just going to be a blowout. But again, we'll probably be proven wrong. I think over the past three weeks, we've realized that enough uh, just by doing this podcast. A um, few more games. I'll talk more about this one. Uh, UF versus FSU. I'm currently on vacation right now, but I'm driving back six hours right after Thanksgiving dinner to make it to the game on Friday. Um, I think FSU will cover the nine and a half. UF, I mean, they just lost to Vanderbilt there's not much explaining to do there. They just suck. And I'm, I'm biased. I'll admit I'm biased, very biased, but um, Jordan Travis looks great. FSU is, being, is beating the hell out of teams, 200 yards rushing in each of the past six games by the whole running back room altogether. Trey Benson is leading that. Um, the only worry I have for that is I was looking at just rankings is that UF or FSU actually has the fourth most passing yards given up this year and UF. Has, I don't know, I don't know where I was going with that, but you like UF is not bad passing the ball, so I that's my only worry of this game. But FSU could also just run it down their throat because UF has an awful rush defense. I think FSU covers the nine and a half. What do you think?
1: Yeah, so obviously, you're a Florida State fan. Um, go to Florida State. I don't know a whole lot about these teams. I do know Florida State, you know, they did beat LSU to start the season off, so we have to remember that game. Um, they've worked their way up to 16th in the college football playoff rankings now. So they're no joke. Florida started the season off good, died, came back a little, and then just completely died last week against Vandy. So this Florida team, I don't trust them at all. Um, I'm gonna go with the hot team. I don't know how many Florida states won the row, but they look good to me. So I'm just gonna go with the hot team and Florida, just you can't bet on them with all their inconsistencies. So I like Florida State nine and a
0: half in that game. Let's go. Let's go. I like it. Um you got any more games you want to talk about? There's the Egg Bowl or Yeah, we'll quickly,
1: I think we already touched on it a little bit, Right. But, um, probably the third biggest rivalry in college football, in my opinion, besides Michigan, Ohio State, the Iron Bowl. Then I do think Notre Dame USC's right yeah. up there with, with some of the best. Um, this is gonna be a really interesting game. Uh USC is currently a five and a half point favorite at home. Um, I honestly have no idea which way to to lean in this game. I'm obviously gonna be rooting for Notre Dame. Um, but I I've flip-flopped so many times on this game. I think Notre Dame can keep it close. I think USC could also win by four touchdowns. So I'm not, I'll probably honestly just stay away from this game. If anything, I'll lean the over at 64 and a half, which is disgusting in a Notre Dame game. <laughs> but um, that's kind of where I'm leaning. I honestly have no
0: idea what direction this game's gonna go. Uh, neither do I. It's I mean, Notre Dame has been as in, not as inconsistent as it gets this year, but they just started off so bad. And now all of a sudden they're, everyone's giving them all the praise in the world. I feel like half of that's because a lot of teams have that one loss where like Clemson's one loss to Notre Dame, trying to make them look a little better, but right, I, I couldn't, is it at USC? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Then I'll take USC to cover. I, I like, I think home field advantage is wonders in college football more than any other sport. Um, Notre Dame, if you're playing in South Bend, I would say give me Notre Dame, but I like USC. Caleb Williams looks good. Uh, I grew up a Pitt fan, so I hate Jordan Addison right now, uh, but the whole team is just stacked, and it's finally great to see them get that national exposure we've been waiting for, and I said it last week when we were talking. Just no one was talking about them until now this UCLA game, and they're all back in the mix, and everyone loves to talk about them. They were, Don't forget, this was the team everyone was talking about this offseason because of Lincoln-Riley, all the transfer moves, and that's why I like them. I don't have a reason why I like them. I just like them to win this game. Uh, again, Caleb Williams is hot. They're looking hot right now. I'll take USC minus five, especially because it's at home. Uh, yeah, at home does wonders in college football. Um, yeah, I can agree at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so any other games that you want to touch on? I, I think we've covered all the big yeah. ones.
1: Yeah, it's an ugly game, and you said about it. Iowa State's not as good as they have been in years past, but against his TCU team, Iowa has a great, Iowa State has a great defense. You know, I think 10 points is currently, I think that's very fair for TCU to win by 10 points. They'll probably win by more, but just because of Iowa State's defense, I think this game will be more interesting than people are giving it, um, than people are thinking it's going to happen. So I think the game's going to stay close. I can see it, you know, getting past ten at the end of the game. But I'm excited just to see how Iowa State competes. And again, I'm rooting for all the upsets this week besides Michigan. So um, we'll be rooting my ass off for the Cyclones to top off the, <laughs> the Warm Frogs. We'll see. I mean, they probably won't. But yeah, there's no chance. I,
0: but. No. <laughs> I um, what, what's Iowa State's record in this year? They just normally Matt Campbell is like one of the offensive. Yeah, I guys. believe they're. I believe they're four and seven right now. So they're fighting for that. No, they can't even get in the bowl. Yeah, yeah they're sucks. done. Yeah, they're done. Damn, that sucks. What happened to Matt Campbell this year? Um, so with that, uh, we can transfer it over into the Heisman race, which we touched on a little bit. Um, last week, we talked a lot about how it was going to be Stroud versus Quorum, and this game would decide it. Obviously, that could change depending on whether or not Quorum's in. My thing, and I said it earlier, if quorum's out, Hooker's out of the race altogether now. That lost South Carolina injured. I don't think he's winning it. He's probably not even getting to New York, in my opinion. It'll probably be three there, Coram, Stroud, and Caleb Williams. I like Caleb Williams right now. Um, Again, it just depends on if Quorum's out or not. Right.
1: Yeah, I looked up the odds today on FanDuel. Williams is now the – he's minus 130, the favorite by far. Um, CJ Stroud's at plus 110. And I made a stupid play, and I put fifty bucks on Quorum <laughs> plus twenty five hundred. My thought process is: it's a huge risk because obviously we don't know if he's going to play. If if he does play, is he going to be one hundred percent healthy? Probably not. But if Michigan wins that game, if USC somehow falls and Caleb Williams has a bad game, then I think Quorum right there is you know it's it's at plus twenty five hundred. You know that's just too much, too good of odds to take. To think you know if he wins that game. And if, say, he scored, you know, 180 rushing yards, two touchdowns, he's very much in a live as now the favorite, you know? So, or depending what Williams does, which I think, you know, USC is either going to struggle against Notre Dame or struggle against, you know, the Pac 12 championship. So it's taking a risk. I honestly, if I would take money right now, I would put it on Williams just because I think, you know, no one makes that jump in the Heisman that fast, that late in the year. So, you know, his 470 passing yards last week was crazy. You know, Stroud's going to have, you know, his, uh, tough game against Michigan Corum, you know, is half injured. So if I were to bet on a person besides Corum, I would take Williams hands down. I think he's probably going to take walk away with it, which pisses me off because I have no idea where this came from, but yeah, I guess he's the favorite now. So,
0: I mean, it's just, he finally got on national TV is the only thing right. I can say really. Um, and he still has, I mean, and I've, I've said this to you before. I love the Heisman moments. I think that's what really makes the Heisman candidate, the Heisman winner. Uh, a lot of times in the past few years, uh, years past we've kind of been missing that and it just doesn't to me it doesn't feel like a true heisman winner when that doesn't happen williams not only had one against U- ucla he has a chance to have another against notre dame and a chance to have another against their opponent's going to be fairly highly ranked in the pac-12 championship so as those uh chances again this but this ohio state michigan game has the chance to have all of them in my opinion right. so it right again i'll keep saying it quorum I would rather have Quorum win than Stroud. I, I'm with you. I just hate Ohio State. I don't have a reason for it. I just don't like him. Uh, but I don't want Stroud to win. I just don't want it to happen. I think Ohio State fans are annoying on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. I want Quorum, if not Williams. Uh, that, what was, uh, was Drake was uh, did I didn't see him on the, on the list. That yeah, loss against Georgia Tech is yeah, probably yeah.
1: unexplainable. Yeah. Um, but he's he's probably up down there somewhere. I didn't even look.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's a, another page. That's a big jump from Stroud at plus one ten to Corum at plus twenty-five hundred. It's yeah, which is unreal, which is
1: why I had to take
0: it. Because it, yeah. it's
1: honestly if he's if he has a decent game and beats Ohio State, he's very much in contention with Caleb Williams. So it's yeah. just too good of odds. It's probably there's a reason the odds are that bad, because obviously, you know, they know, but I had to put some money on it,
0: Dan. Yeah. You know, I'll have a very nice day if that wins. It will. It will be. I mean, it again, it all depends. It all comes down to this game. Like, all season, everyone's been talking about. Everything in the Big Ten just comes down to this one game, and it seems to happen every year now. Um, This year just feels different than others. So, after that, uh, there's been some more coaching rumors going around, a lot with Auburn. Uh, there's been talks of Lane Kiffin to Auburn, which Lane Kiffin quickly shot down in a hilarious way on Twitter. And then there's rumors that Dabo's camp, Dabo Sweeney's camp is talking to Auburn. I don't think either of them go. I think Auburn has no clue right now where they're going in their coaching search. They're just trying to get all these rumors out there to make themselves look good. Um, what do you think there?
1: Yeah, we talked about it last week. Um, Ole Miss to Auburn. I don't really see a huge jump in, like, it's not like you're going from, you know, uh, Rutgers to, a uh, Penn state, you know, it's not like that kind of jump. I think they are two very similar schools. Obviously they will never be in Alabama as long as Saban's there. So to me, it just didn't make sense for him to go from Ole Miss to Auburn. Um, I didn't really see that one happening. And then in regards to the Clemson camp, um, I think there's going to be some stuff coming out this off season of Dabo. Um, I know people have their different thoughts on him. I think the guy's a complete asshole. And maybe some of his assistant coaches are starting to see that. Or, you know, they're just obviously, you know, when you get paid the big bucks, you can leave camp. And they can leave on good notes. And it's not like that. But I think some people are starting to get a little pissed off with Dabo. So I could see that happening. I don't know if they would be front runners, though, for that um, Auburn job. Um, there's, you know, great coaches out there that – um I think are better than an assistant at Clemson. So I have no idea what's going to happen there. It's probably the biggest uh, opening right now in football um, just because the SEC, you know, with their history as well. Um, So it will be interesting to see who they bring in and they will have to do that pretty quickly with recruiting season coming up. Um, No recruit wants to go to a school without, you know, a head coach. So um, they'll have to jump on this quickly. I honestly don't think, Either of those is going to be it, like you said, and I have no idea who who's this going to be. So it could be an NFL guy coming down. It could be – who knows? So it could be a guy from Michigan because they always leave camp as well. So, yeah, honestly, it's completely wide open, um, but they will have to figure this out sooner rather than later, for sure.
0: Maybe maybe Matt Rule comes out of nowhere from – I don't right. even know. <laughs> like, that could happen. I mean, but have you seen Auburn's new facilities that they opened up? I think it was like last week or something. Insane. Yeah. Insane. So I guess that's their one draw they had. The other coaching rumor I had is that Deion Sanders did open up and say that he is talking to USF and Colorado. There's been rumors about him with Auburn as well, but he kind of uh he said Auburn has not been talking to him, which doesn't surprise me. The guy just has no experience. Um, in my opinion, I think USF is a good fit for him. He's from Fort Myers, he's like originally a Florida guy, uh, so he can probably recruit well. Deion can recruit well anywhere. But I think it's good for him to do that interim group of five team before he moves up to a power five after that. I think people are trying to jump the gun too much saying, oh, Deion go to Auburn, Deion go to Georgia Tech. Let's get him in just into the FBS first and yeah. see how he does in a group of five. I don't think he would do well going straight to power five.
1: Yeah, you see that happen, you know, when you saw um, Scott Frost jump from UCF to Nebraska, despite it being his alma mater. It's just a different game, and that's still, you know, f. FBS or F yeah, FBS. So him going from, you know, what, whatever he's in right now to like at USF would be a great experience to see if he's actually can handle it. And again, I don't think he's ready for an Auburn job, even the Colorado job, you know, they're still pac 12. That's still a really competitive job. Um, So I think the smart move for him would be to go to UCF. Well, actually for him, the smart move would be wherever's paying you the most. If you get to Auburn somehow, then sure (laughs) he's going to do it. But um, the smart move as a, as a, you know, athletic director, as a school is, to you know, let him, you know, test the waters with the small, a little bit sm- bigger school than what he's used to. And then finally we can make that jump to power five. But I think it, yeah, I think it's way too soon for him to even talk about the Auburn job and the, you know, Colorado job, the Nebraska job or anything like
0: that. I mean, I'll just say this, he used to be, so before he was the head coach at Jackson state, he, um, he was an assistant coach for his kids, high school team at, Trinity Christian in Dallas, and I, I grew up in Dallas, so you would hear some stuff. He wasn't even a good high school coach or known as a good high school coach. So I think we're kind of hyping it up a lot because of the name, which is fine. It's Deion Sanders. He has been doing well. His team this year is undefeated. Uh, but the HBCUs have some weird thing where they don't play in the FCS playoffs. They have like their own HBCU championship between the HBCU conferences. If that makes sense, I found that out a few weeks ago. It just doesn't make sense to me why they can't play with everyone else in the FCS. But it, I don't know if he's like that good of a football coach, really. Again, I think if he goes to USF, we'll actually see. Because who knows? He could get the shit beat out of him in the American Conference, and then we all stop talking about how great Dion is, and it, we'll realize it's just a name. But, yeah, I mean, I've covered all my topics. Uh, I have one FSU rant I was going to do, but I'll let you say anything you got first.
1: Yeah, just- I'll, I'll just say my last right now until next week. My last... This is going to be my final playoff prediction, and it's going to be extremely controversial. Okay. It's going to be okay. gross, but just bear with me. And when this happens, this will be – just remember that I'm the one who told you this. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm taking Georgia at one, obviously. I'm going to take the winner, Ohio State, Michigan at two. I'm going to say it's Michigan because Michigan's going to beat the shit out of them. I'm going to – now, bear with me. I'm going to take Clemson at three, and okay. then I'm going to take the okay. loser of Michigan, Ohio State, so Ohio State at four. And that's going to be my playoff, Georgia, Michigan, Clemson, Ohio State. It's going to sound gross putting Clemson in there and two Big Ten teams, but that's what it's going to be. And I'm fairly confident, and I, I love it. I think that's extremely I, controversial, but it's extremely realistic. I don't think TCU wins a conference championship, so no. I think they get a loss. I think Clemson's going to win out, especially out how uh, North Carolina played. And then I think USC either loses to Notre Dame or to Oregon. So any if TCU or USC loses, then the doors wide open for a Clemson or for a one loss, Michigan, Ohio State, or God Obama. forbid, Alabama. Right. So, so I, I think a lot's going to happen, and I just think that's that seems very realistic in my mind.
0: I'll I'm going to run up you here and make it more controversial. I like your top three. I love Clemson in, and I'll get to that in my. Like I said, I have FSU rant. I, I love Clemson in. I'll put Bama in at four over Ohio State. Just okay. because of just because of strength of schedule, I think that'll kill them in the end. I think that'll kill both one loss Big Ten non non-conference champions teams. Um, just because the committee has made that message pretty clear over the past few weeks. Um, but other than that, I love Clemson in. And I'll just transition to what I was going to talk about. FSU finally has a chance, somehow still has a chance of making a new year six bowl if Clemson makes it into the playoff because they're probably going to be that second best ACC team sitting there after UNC lost and they've dropped down. Um, and then you need Notre Dame to lose because they also get ACC bowl tie-in. So I need USC to win until the Pac-12 championship, get Clemson there into the playoff, and then Florida State's looking pretty in the Orange Bowl, and I'm all happy. So I'm the biggest Clemson fan the next few weeks. That's why I love that you put them in, and we're on the same page. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I got for this week. Any last last things, or is that a, is that it? No,
1: that's all I got. A uh, big game in Columbus. I'll be, you know, nervous as <laughs> all get out until that game and until probably the game's over. So go blue. Um, but, yeah, we have a lot. Big rivalry week. Super exciting. Um, and, yeah, a lot of playoff implications
0: on the line this weekend. Awesome. Well, for me, go Knowles. Hopefully we beat the shit out of UF. Um, have a good one, guys. We'll see you next week when we're uh, talking conference champions. Happy Ch- good Thanksgiving as well. All right. uh, happy Thanksgiving.